was asshole. What, what are you What are you wearing? <laughs> John Rambo, bro. That's fucking amazing. I can't ever pull shit like that off. How do you do that? I well, I bought headbands um, about I don't know eight nine months ago, and uh, I was just doing them as like a free giveaway thing, like throwing them in orders. Yeah. And then when the mask thing happened, it was like a shortage of masks. So I just put on my site, I'm like, I'll throw in two of these with every order. And dude, I sold out of a thousand masks within like three days. Are you serious? And I blew through them. So then I was like, well, I need to, I need to save a couple because my hair looks retarded. So, so how come I can't, if I put that thing on, I look fucking retarded. How <laughs> come I can't? <laughs> oh, you got to have hair to wear it. Is that why? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm doing it to keep my hair out of like, dude, my beards and my ears and shit. <laughs> like I try to trim it. And it, so I just... Paste this down and nothing moves, so I'm good. <laughs> what do you What do you do with your beard? Why is it look, Why is it so crazy? Because I can't. I don't know how to like fade my beard. So like, I'll take like the buzzer and like closely Just get like the down. stragglers. Yeah. But like, I'm afraid to like do any artistic shit to it because I'm gonna end up <laughs> cutting it right off. I was looking at your Instagram yesterday. I saw a clip with you and Branch, <laughs> and Branch goes, "I'm here with Osama bin Laden." And I fucking died laughing. Oh, that was at uh, Hollingshead's gym. That was at King's gym. Oh, that was fucking hilarious because <laughs> you had the fuck, you had the hoodie on and the well, headband. He called me out of left field because Branch, like me and Branch, are very close. So, like, if you don't know Branch, he comes across as like you know quiet and abrasive. And uh, yeah. but if you get him behind closed doors and you know him, he he he's more of a ball buster than me. But I didn't expect him to. When he said that, it was like out of left field. So he called why, me out. I'm going to come back to your beard in a minute, but why do you think – it's interesting you said that. Why do you think a lot of bodybuilders are like that? Because since I started doing the show, I, re I recognize that most of us are actually like really fun, like yeah. happy, like shoot the shit, bust balls. But whenever we're in public, we're fucking just straight. There's nothing. You don't see it. Yeah, I, and I think that's because um, a majority of what we do – uh, entails dealing with people hmm. uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. And it, when we go to expos, it's like when we're in public, like we want to be with the people we're with. When we're at the gym, we want to be doing what we want to be doing. It's almost like when we're in public or when we're at the gym training, like we don't want to be known as bodybuilders. We just want to be like normal people and left the fuck alone so we can do what we do. Yeah. Um, I think some people, it's a little different. I think some people um, appreciate what they have. Um, in bodybuilding and didn't expect it. Like I didn't expect to be where I'm at. I yeah. think some people had, had a, uh, a dream or, um, a vision of bodybuilding early, early on, which I didn't. Um, I just enjoyed training. So all this bodybuilding stuff came, um, as a result of working out. So I think depending upon, um, the roots of where bodybuilding came from, from you is also going to determine how you act. I mean, I've been at gyms with certain people that, you know, and, uh, people have came up to us in the middle of our workout. And I won't say like, I, I, I will never say no to somebody mm. as much of a dick as people think I am. I will never tell somebody no, because it, I just, I don't feel like I'm in a position where I'm of that much importance where I can't stop doing what I'm doing to take a picture. Yeah. Of shit in hand. I'm the same way, but I've, but I've been with people where they've been like, we're, we're, we're fucking training. Wait, wait till we're done. And I'm just like, I can't as, <laughs> as much of a dick as I am. I can't do that. I just can't. I have to admit, I did that once we were uh, at FIBO. And I think it was like me, Flex Lewis, and like a couple other people were sitting around at a table. And uh, somebody came up, and we're eating, right? We're eating lunch. Somebody comes up and like, "Hey, can we take a photo?" And I was like, "Can can, you fin can we just like can we finish our meal first? Yeah. And Flex looks at me, and goes, "Dude, take the fucking photo, man." He's like, and I it kind of like 
I think I was just tired from the day. You know, yeah. you stay, you're standing there for fucking like six hours. You and, just want to be left. It's just, it's like we, sometimes we just want to be left alone. Like it's not, and it's not a bad thing. I know. We just want to be left the fuck alone. But but Flex was right, and I actually went and grabbed the kid and ended up taking the photo. But in that moment when you're hungry and you're tired, you're just not. You know, it didn't it didn't clue in. Yeah. But I I still think like like someone like Branch. Branch yeah. has millions of fans. Yeah. But I only can imagine the amount of fans he would have if he was himself on video, you know what I mean? Like, cause he's not yeah. totally open. Well, so, so in, in when he was competing, you've trained with branch before. No, no, I think he would kill me. Okay. Well, I've trained with branch many times. So, <laughs> um, have you trained around branch or have you trained with branch? Oh no, no, no. I've trained every body part with branch. No, no. I mean like, I mean like set for set. You got, you can hang with them the whole way through. I, so if I admit this on camera, it's like, does he watch your show? He probably doesn't watch his shit, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Branch is said, but that doesn't mean one of his fans won't clip this and yeah, send it. I know, it's yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, in Branch's prime, I mean, like, you know, you got to think, I've been with Gas now for six years, and I've known Branch since about 2011. So, I, you know, I started training with Branch for Gas, like, in 2012 and on. So, I mean, we've, I've ne- he's never really done a weight that I can't handle, but what he does do is he takes a weight that I would do for 10, 12 reps, and he likes to do sets of fucking 20 yeah, on yeah, everything yeah. that he does. Yeah. So he can handle the same amount of weight that I can, but he's used to doing it for just more reps. So I, mm-hmm. is he stronger? Yeah, I mean, I would say he's absolutely stronger. Um, but, but, I don't, but I don't, sorry to interrupt. I don't think that's a measure of uh, being able to out-train somebody. No, that, that's, where I, that's exactly yeah. where I was going. Yeah. Okay. So he might not be the strongest guy, that I've ever trained with, but he is bar none, hands down, no questions asked, the most intense motherfucker I've ever trained with. Yeah. There's, there's nobody. Um, I did a thing. Luke is the strongest guy I've ever seen and ever worked out with. Like I've never seen somebody just able to grab weight. Like how many plates is that? And he just like, it's nothing. I know. I know. Um, but intensity wise, which is what you were saying. There's a difference between strength and intensity. Branch just has a way of almost like, He's so intense that you get so burned out so yeah. fast because he moves so fast, so much heavyweight for so many reps. It's like, God damn, is this guy fucking human? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I remember I tell the story all the time of doing a gasp shoot once at Metroflex, and he walked in in the middle of my shoot with like four people to train. And by the end, it was only one person left with him. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, because I had looked over like halfway through their workout, and all of a sudden, there was only three guys. And I looked over like three quarters of the way. There's two guys. And so it was, I forget the tall guy's name. He's a football player or whatever. Matt Lair. Matt Lair. Yeah, he he hung with him till the very end. But the other two, I don't know where they went. They just fell off somewhere. Dude, it's but, um, I've seen it so many times training with Branch. Like we, we'll have like this gas stuff and have to train with other athletes. And I just sit back because I'm like, motherfuckers, I've, I've hung with Branch yeah. every time enjoy yeah, and then yeah. I'll just wait and they just start like withering away as <laughs> like every couple sets there's another one yeah. that just like off to the wayside I've always wanted to train with them but I, I couldn't now obviously but like when I was younger and I was healthier I, people always ask me like who's the one guy you want to train with and it was always branch not because I could out train him but just so I could see what it would be like to handle the fury you know it's what I mean mentality that's that's yeah. crazy with yeah. That, yeah and it's almost like even to this day, like, even he's retired, like, he still trains like a fucking maniac. So, like, even when we got to train, I'm like, fuck. Like, I still get those, like, little butterflies, like, before a football game. I'm like, oh, I don't want to train with Branch today. 
Aren't those the best? Aren't those the best though? I still get those before yes. leg day. Yes, that me too. I was just talking about that. I yeah. told my buddy, I go before every leg day. I go, I am so nervous. I go, even if Charles didn't give me a workout, I just know I'm walking in and it's just gonna suck. Yeah. And it's like then I start thinking of all the stuff I want to do, and then I end up making the workout twenty times harder than it had to be. I go in sometimes and I'm like, because I get the same. It starts the night before, and the butter yeah. just like a, just like in a football game, and the and the butterflies build until I get there. And uh, sometimes I'll tell myself, you know what? I went really hard last week. I'm just going to do this one. It's going to be like a pump workout. Yep. I end up burying myself every yep. fucking time. Yep. So, but no, um, the reason I That's said that about, it. the reason I said that about Branch is I look at Jay and I know you're friends with both guys. And if you look at Jay, Jay was very vanilla for lack of a better word, like during his what? career, because he was so focused, right? And now I see him like kind of coming out of like, you're seeing his personality more in his videos and stuff. And his fan base, I think has actually grown since he retired. And it's like, could this be a lesson to bodybuilders coming up not to be so fucking introverted and not to be so, or do we have to be that way to be great at what we do? If you ask Jay, Jay would say he had to do that in order to get to where he got to. I, I know for a fact, mm. um, you know, I, I think that, it's not so much you have to be like an introvert, but I think a lot of people try to put on a different persona than who they are, mm. um, especially on social media. Like me, like I'll act like a dick if people make fun of me that are my friends and post something to tag me, I repost it. Like I have no problem posting good stuff, bad stuff, my thoughts, my opinions, when I was right, when I was wrong, when I won, when I lost. Um, but there's a lot of people that only post certain things and act certain ways. And um, you know, some people are just good at bodybuilding. Some people are just good at working out. Some people are good at motivating. And then you got guys in the industry that are good at just all three. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's what people have to start understanding is that the, the, the times of big contracts with, you know, muscle tech, like the back when, when every, all the top guys like Jay, um, Dexter, Johnny, uh, Ronnie, they were all with muscle tech, right? I was with that. I was with that. I was in that crew. Yeah. You were, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So those big time, those big day contracts are over just for being a good bodybuilder. Yeah. Um, being a great bodybuilder now doesn't you, that that's one part of, of a big picture and a big puzzle. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand that yet. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm actually glad that my time, I mean, I don't know if you're, if you're done or you're like how many years you're thinking you got left, but I got a couple years left and I'm not that I'm happy it's over, but just the, um, the substance of what, but what a bodybuilding was for me, Back in um, when I started in, in 2003, it's, it's, it, it took on a whole new um, form once social media and everything came to be. So I'm actually not upset that my time is coming to an end because I, I'd rather it stop now than, than keep going into this big social media fad trend that it is because that's, that's a lot of people care more about that than actual, the actual task at hand. You know? Do you really feel that way though? Because when I look at your, when I look at your Instagram, and I'm not saying you're a social media person. Yeah. But I think, I think you're as popular as you are because of social media. Because let's be honest, we're both bodybuilders, right? So let's just be honest with each other. I'm a, I would consider myself at the peak of my career, a second tier bodybuilder, maybe the top of the second tier, whatever you want to say, right? I, I was never in the top six, top 10 of the Olympia discussion. I was probably just outside of that. If you, if you had to peg yourself as a, like where you were, would you, where would you put yourself? In tears? Yeah. 
Now, are you talking about overall bodybuilding, or are you classifying this as 212? Because if you're classifying it as no, 212, 212. bodybuilders together, I would say I'm in the top tier. Um, I, you know, I, I've been uh, top six at the O. I've won seven shows. I won New York Pro twice. Yep. Um, I think I don't think there's a lot. I, I don't. The way I, when I think of tiers, it's how many people have accomplished this. Yes. Like, you know, how many people accomplished what Jose did? How many people what Flex did, what David Henry did? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I look at. And I'm like, yeah, there's not a lot of guys that won a bunch of shows and won New York pros. And yeah, I took fourth at the Arnold. Did I win an Arnold or win an Olympia? No. Do I train to do that? Yeah. Am I a realist and think, you know, that's probably never going to happen because my genetics don't hold up to, to be that? Absolutely. I, I've been okay with that since I started bodybuilding. Um, but I think for the cards I was dealt, my genetics and what I accomplished, I never thought I'd be anywhere near what I am. Okay. So let me, so now we've been like completely honest with who we are, right? I personally don't think I would be who I am or where I am in bodybuilding if it wasn't for social media, because I'm considering social media all the way back to the forum days. And Okay. So I, I, I consider social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. That's, I don't, I, yeah. can, now, I don't, now, Facebook, right. I didn't, I didn't consider that, but. Okay. One sec. Um, so, I was actually very late to Facebook. I, my dad had it before me. Okay. So one sec. So I, I think you're right. That's what social media is now, but social media, when we, before social media came about the social media of the day was like chat rooms, yeah. muscle forums, stuff like yeah. that. And that's where I started posting because being from Canada, I didn't get all the notoriety that Americans got when like, when you guys turn pro, you got a magazine, you got whatever, like you got more publicity. Yes. I don't think I would have gained the notoriety I gained if it wasn't for those muscle forums, those chat forums, and now social media, right? So I guess I'm asking you the same question is you're really active on social media. Yes. And I know you dislike a lot about it. But at the same time, would you be Guy Cisternino if it wasn't for social media? I think it'd be Guy Cisternino, just not at the level that Guy Cisternino's at. You know, I think that's my point, though. Yeah, I mean, right. listen did 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 so so did social media help grow Guy Cisternino or Fuad Abiyad? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did social media help Fuad's bodybuilding career? No. Body did social media didn't help you train no, hard. No, did no. It, you know what I'm saying? But if you're um, looking, but if you look at bodybuilding career as a career and a job, and for for sponsorship, yeah, th- yeah. yes, and absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. the reason why I make what I make and I do what I do, and I don't have to go to an office every day, isn't because I'm a great bodybuilder. Mm. It's because I am who I am, and I have the the reach that I have on social media. That's, that's right. people. See, the, the, that's why I said what I said, not because I don't enjoy what I do, mm-hmm. but. When I got into this, it wasn't to be insta famous. I know that. When I got into this, it was to be the best bodybuilder I could be. Mm-hmm. The, the the social media came as a byproduct of being a, a good bodybuilder. Yeah. Um, and so I'm able to make when people go, "Oh, is your is do you make your living off of bodybuilding?" Well, indirectly, yes, because my way I think do I make a living off bodybuilding? Well, would I have what I have if it wasn't for social media? And and I think that's like it's like a catch twenty two. Yeah. It's you like need- is it constitutional or unconstitutional? Like all the stuff we're going through. Yeah. Um, it's, I think social media absolutely helped. I think social media absolutely helped my bank account. Um, and, and for me to um, have a career in what I do, but I, I also think, I don't think social media helps bodybuilding careers. I think social media more so impinges on it than anything. I think it impinges on the actual sport. If you want to call it a sport of bodybuilding. That's what I mean. 
but I yeah. think it allows a lot more people to make a lot more money because if you think of it the way yeah, I, absolutely. if you think of it the way I started the conversation was if me being a, a second tier bodybuilder, I make more money than some first tier bodybuilders, absolutely. not to, not to like be arrogant or whatever, but it's because nope. I, because I work a lot harder. I do a lot more on social media and, and I put myself out there a lot more. So even though it, it sucks being in the gym and having to stop and take a photo or whatever. I'm like, I don't know if I could make the living I make without it. Yeah. So it's yeah. like this catch 22 you're stuck in by, I know what you mean about, I, you said something about, you know, you're, you might be retiring soon. You're kind of happy that you're leaving this part of yeah. this part of bodybuilding behind you. But is it, is it really something you want to leave behind you if it's helping you this much? That's kind of where, what I'm trying to figure out. So what, when you say leave behind me, are you talking about bodybuilding or are you talking about like the, like being in the industry overall? The industry overall, because you said you're retiring and you're kind of happy that you're getting this chapter, you're getting out before this gets any worse kind of thing. Yes. So I'm, I'm happy that I'm getting out of the competitive side. Um, and it's not, it's just because I, I feel like, and, and you can agree, uh, to this, I, I would think in, in some aspects, I got into bodybuilding because I was a fan of bodybuilding, mm. but we would be silly to think that bodybuilding shows are bodybuilding shows. Anymore. I mean, they're so saturated with everything else. Bodybuilding started to get like, not that it's a bad thing, but bodybuilding isn't as here as it was yeah. uh, back in like the nineties and shit, because we had all these other classes and listen, the fitness industry is growing. The IFBB and NPC is growing bodybuilding classes or not yeah but that's because i think with the with the no so, no, no so this is where i was going and i Sorry. think the reason is is because this goes back to what you were saying and i think the reason bodybuilding isn't growing is because people are realizing they don't have to do so much and work so hard and get so big and look so ripped to make money mm -hmm. because of who they are and what they do so yeah. now guys that would normally you know take x amount of stuff or do this or do that or train this way. They're like, oh, I can just wear, you know, uh, board shorts and, and get paid $10,000 a month and look good and be healthier. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. It, it has, it's grown the industry overall, but it's, it's made bodybuilding suffer a little bit that way. So, and that's why I don't mind being done because I don't want to be competing when people go like, like a Cito, oh, this was the asterisk Olympia. Like, I don't want people going, this was the asterisk 2025, 20, you know, like, I don't want to be part of that. Like, I just don't like, I want to, and I'm very grateful. Like I look at guys that compete together, like Sean, like flex, like Chris Cormier, like all those guys. And like, that's who you remember those guys with. Like, I don't want to be remembered with the guys that are coming up. I want to be remembered with flex and Jose and David Henry. And like, those are my dudes. Like hit a title. Like that's who I can pin. Like we're the OGs of this class. Like yeah, yeah. I turned pro in this. I Jose beat me in 07. And that's when that was the first year 202 was. And mm -hmm. I turned pro in 2008. So, I mean, if, if you want to talk about top tier bodybuilders, anybody that's done good since 2007 and the 212, if you want a couple shows, you got to be a top tier fucking bodybuilder. Yeah. The class only been around for 13 years. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. So, what do you think about? Uh, I wanted to ask you because I know you're you're very you're very intense, very angry, <laughs> very angry person. <laughs> I'm actually not. Have you ever seen me actually mad dude, though? Dude, every every Instagram post is like, okay, this is how it starts. I'm gonna make. I want to make a little video, and then it's like 15 minutes long. And it's just you fucking ranting. <laughs> so, 
what what is it what is it about, you just do you have to get your thoughts out you have to like and i think it's don't get me wrong i think it's great by the way i just yeah. before so you. i i'm so i'm a history major i went to college i was going to be a history teacher that that was my uh that's what i did so um in history class a lot of my class are history based and a lot of them were poli sci political science they call poli sci yeah yeah, political yeah science and uh government and poli sci and government are very very high debated classes we yeah. did a lot of debating and i'm a very opinionated person but i'm also up to listening to everybody else's opinion because i'm the type of person those are my dogs yeah come here Fucking sounds like a sounds like a beast Thank. come here stop you got two yeah i got two of these right here let me guess pit bulls yes oh yeah Thank. i had one i had one a long time ago and Storm is. Those are beautiful dogs. Uh, they're the best. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, it, um, those rants are solely to see who thinks like me, who thinks differently, who thinks outside of the box. And then you get people that like, that's your opinion. You're a fucking asshole. You fu and it's like, yo, I, that's my opinion. Like I, I've been in arguments with, with girlfriends, ex-girlfriends. And I've been like, listen, just because we don't agree mm. doesn't mean you're right or wrong. And it doesn't mean I'm right or I'm wrong. We're, we're having a discussion about an opinion. Yeah. We, if you don't agree with it, that's fine. But then you get people that are just assholes and want to be nasty. But um, I like people, you know, I think that we hide a lot of our opinions inside mm. uh, because Obviously, as bodybuilders, we have to be very careful about what yeah. we say, who do we say it to. Yeah. So when I can get in a topic that has nothing to do about bodybuilding mm -hmm. and kind of stir the pot and just get people talking, because that's all I try to do. I want to get people thinking and talking and discussing. That's why I did that one about the constitutional, unconstitutional shit with uh, executive order and all the stuff going on, because yeah. that was a topic that I actually debated in college. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I just enjoy... Uh, people's opinions and, and listen to how people's thought process goes about getting to that end conclusion. How do you feel? I got actually a really good debate for you that I have going on right now on my Instagram. If you could only have one, and this is really fucking stupid. I'm sorry. I'm going to segue into this, but I have to ask you because it's a debate I got going. Do you, do you have your, do you have your answer in your head? Well, uh, people are saying, like if you're asking the question, you have to at least know what you would choose. <laughs> <laughs> I have my answer. But okay, people, that's what I want to know. But, okay. But people are starting to change my mind already. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, if you could pick one utensil for the rest of your life, a fork or a spoon, which would it be? <laughs> think out loud. What are you thinking? Okay, well, because I'm thinking this. You can't eat fucking... <laughs> You, you can't eat soup with a fucking fork, but you can eat soup with a spoon. You eat soup with a fork, it'll take you fucking three years. But you can't eat uh, a steak. You can't eat a steak with a spoon. You, if it's cut, you can. That's but yeah, I guess you have to cut it with a spoon and a knife. Well, that's what I'm saying. Are you talking about like is it is this like when I'm thinking about food, is this like food that's prepared for me or like <laughs> food, like because <laughs> I would choose a spoon, and if I had to eat a fucking steak, I'd grab it with my hands. That's what I <laughs> because of, to me a, a spoon is more versatile because That's... you can use it eating everything. There's nothing yeah. you can't use a spoon to eat. See, a fork, okay, try, try, to, try to put a fork in like in this. The question, <laughs> the question actually got narrowed down to 
do you eat your chicken and rice with a fork or spoon? Fork. Yeah, right? That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So overall, I think me and you agree overall because me and Ben were talking about it and I said But but, but what I'm saying is if I had one if there was only yeah, if you had to one pick choice one for, forever, that's right. Yeah. I I would go with the spoon. That's what I said. Because I yeah. said this I actually said the exact same thing you said. I could grab the steak with my hand and just eat it that way. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> but it's that meat head mentality. <laughs> but I'm shocked. I'm shocked at the amount of people because I got a poll going on my Instagram right now. And it's like 54. I'm going to actually start it and tell people to go over. It's, it's, it's 54 to 46 right now. People Is it are, on your story? Yeah. People are choosing spoon over fork. And I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't realize this many people would eat chicken and rice with a spoon. But I think it's just because they're bodybuilders. Because if you go to like a normal restaurant, you never ever go to a normal restaurant and see a spoon on the table. It's usually a fork and a knife. And if they bring you a spoon, it's usually because you got soup, yep. dessert, or you have a baby at the table. Yes. They don't, there's never, so I think it's just bodybuilders that do it because they want to shovel food faster. So wait, so this debate, this is eat chicken and rice with a spoon or fork. This isn't the same question. Well, that's what it got narrowed down to because me and so, Ben. Were, so then my, my answer was fork. It wasn't, yeah, right? Yeah. Because it wasn't the rest of my life. It was what do I eat chicken and rice with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fork, 47. <laughs> we're, we're losing, guy. The, yeah, I got. I got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a picture of it. All my fans go over and check. The, the normal people are. I feel like we're normal. I'm like, who the fuck eats chicken and rice with a spoon? Anyway, anyway, this is the kind of shit I, I waste my time with. That's, so, that's, that's great, though. Tell me. Um. So you were big into football. Tell me about football. Yeah, man. Um. I got bullied, I, and I know people are probably like, oh, the typical. No, I was just. I'm. I'm not a big kid. I graduated high school at 160 pounds. I got bullied pretty heavily. Um my whole life, probably from about first grade on, I was bullied pretty bad. I was always the smallest kid in the class. Um, I had a very bad temper, got into a lot of fights. Um, and then my dad put me in football in third grade. Back when I played football in third grade, they had what's called Pop Warner yeah. now, or like, uh, it's like PAL. It's just like, but <clears throat> that now they have flag leagues because of all the concussion CTE stuff and injuries. Back when I played third grade, you had, you strapped up, you had yeah. all the pads, helmet, everything. Yeah. Um, so I played, I remember my first year I played, I, I sucked. I was scared of, I was scared to death because everybody was just bigger than me. And I me, I remember where I remember being in my aunt's house after my first year playing football and it was like, we just got done playing. I'm like, thank God I ain't fucking ever playing again. And I heard my dad in the kitchen talking and my dad's like, Oh yeah, yeah. We're signing him up again next year. And I was like, I don't want to play. And I remember I tell my dad, I'm like, I don't want to play anymore. And my dad's like, why? My dad was my coach, but my dad being my coach was like a gift and a curse because he was the absolute biggest asshole to me. Yeah, and he was just ten times harder than me than he was all the other kids. But I needed it, you know. I was just, uh, I, I just was smaller, and I didn't have enough confidence in me. And then as time went on, I played football um, all through grade school. Went on to play in a uh, 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 high school. I was starting uh, middle linebacker, starting running back, and then I went on to college. Um, and they recruited me for running back. They moved me to cornerback, which I was just god awful at. Yeah. Stupid thing they ever did and um you know finished out my career playing college football and then after they moved me to cornerback and I started like just being like this is kind of um like a waste of my time because I'm not going to go anywhere playing cornerbacks I just wasn't good at that position because for you figure I played for at that point it was like 13 12 13 years and my first step was always towards the line of scrimmage and now I got a backpedal which I've never learned to do I played football my entire life um so that kind of sucked but that was good for me because I remember I got I got red shirt in my freshman year, which all freshmen do. 
And I remember my what, sophomore what year. Is, sorry, what does that mean? A red shirt means like you um, pretty much you have an extra year of eligibility just for the football team. Okay. So you okay. can, you can like, so you're not, cause let's say you're only in college for four years. Yeah. Yeah. If you get red shirt and now you have that extra year to come back and you can just play football. Okay. Um, so I got red shirted and then my uh, sophomore year, I'll never forget it. They cut me. And uh, I, I, I expected it because they put me a cornerback and I, I knew I wasn't good. And I remember walking off the fields and I was like, I felt like a, like a, I was like just the worst loss of your life. Like any bodybuilding show that you can remember just losing at and just having it be the most bitter taste in your mouth. That's what it was. And I was like, man, I was like, I've never been not good at, at this fucking sport. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember going back and I was like upset for about a day. And I remember going, you know what? Fuck this. This isn't what I want to do. I've always wanted to fucking bodybuild. Now I put my fucking eggs in a basket and I'm going to fucking, I'm going to start training like a bodybuilder. I'm in college. I got nothing to do besides schoolwork and train. Mm -hmm. So for, I think maybe two or three days, I, I got my fucking shit together. I started training. I had, I, I wrote out my training regimen. I did everything. I was very, um, very neurotic about things that I did and laid out and planning. And, uh, two can days I ask, later, can I, sorry, can I ask you, were you bodybuilding during like high school and college? Like when you're playing no. football or no? No, high school. No. Okay. Um, college, my junior year, 2003, it was a summer going into my junior year of college. Um, I decide, so don't, let me, I'll, I'll get to that. Real quick. So this is, this is 2000. And then, um, so I got redshirted in 2000, 2001, I got cut. And then they called me back three days later. Oh, okay. So I'm literally laying in my, in, in my dorm room, sleeping at seven o'clock in the morning. My coach, it was coach hugs. He was my cornerback coach. He, I, my cell phone rings. I'm like, hello. He's like, guy, what's up? I'm like, what's up, coach? And he's like, uh, I got to talk to you. And I'm like, what now? Like, what could be worse? I'm already cut from the fucking team. Like, what else do you want? Yeah. And he's like, um, he was like, we want to bring you back on the team. And I remember like, he was like, we'll see you practice today at three o'clock. And he hangs up. And I was like, I remember looking at the phone and going like, I don't know if I want to go back. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I really didn't know if I wanted to play anymore. Was it because you're bitter about being cut? Or was it because you're just kind of done playing? No, because I think I was at peace with the fact that as a kid, like all you ever want to do is play college football and be an NFL player, NBA player, professional, whatever. And, uh, you know, in, in high school, I felt that in college, I, I didn't have that same passion for it. It, it just fizzed the fuck out of me. Like college ripped it out of me. Why? Uh, just because man, people want to talk about bodybuilding being political. I've never seen more politics in my entire life than college football. It is an how, absolute fucking joke. How, how so? Just people that are blatantly better um, and not getting P, uh, PT or playing time. Um, people whose parents spend more money towards the organization or throw more money towards this or, or mm -hmm. they donate this or donate that. You could see whose players play and who's this. It, it's, it's, yeah. It was just it – was, the coaches hated my guts. Why? No idea why. Because I think my coaches hated me because I never gave up. And I was in a spot in college where I'm not too tall. I wasn't yeah. too big. And they didn't know where to put me. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't bad enough to let go, but I wasn't good enough in like a certain area that they could be like, this is where he's going to play. Yeah. So I, I just don't think they, they knew what to do with me. Mm -hmm. But the only time they liked me was when we were maxing out in the weight room because I blew everybody out of the fucking water. And I was one of the smallest kids on the team. <laughs> so what happens, any credit. So what happens after the phone call? You sitting there and you're thinking about it and then what? 
And then I was like, you know what? These are my these are my dudes, like the guys I started college with, like that were still playing. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish my fucking career with these guys. And once um I finish with them, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I did. But 2003, going into my junior year, was I did my first NABA show. I knew nothing about NPC. I, I no clue because the show I was gonna do um got canceled nine days out. Yeah. So I had to drive to West Virginia. So actually, that show I met Fred Smalls. Okay. Fred won the whole show. I lost to Fred in the overall, but that I, was the first. I didn't know there was NABA in the States. Uh, yeah, I drove to West Virginia. Yeah. I back didn't know that. In 2003, I, there I, was. I thought NABA was just in Europe, but I guess maybe back then. No, 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 no. Back when I started, NABA was here too. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. So you did that show first. I did that show first. Uh, I drove to West Virginia with me and my cousin. It was about a nine-hour drive and um, competed. I won it. NABA, they have height classes. So it goes like short, medium, tall. And then they have, uh, and I think that's it actually. I don't think there's weight classes, mm-hmm. but I think you have to weigh short, uh, short, medium, tall, but you have to weigh under a certain amount. So I was in the medium class, whatever. So I won novice, novice overall, open, and then I lost the open overall to a uh, Fred. And man, it was like that, that show for me, I was like, this is what I want to do because this is something where I'm not told I can it's like I'm doing this for me I I don't have a coach telling me you're good enough I don't have a coach telling me I'm bad it's like this is solely a individualized sport I know people talk about having their camps and shit but if you don't want to do the fucking work you don't have to do it and it's like a self-induced torture so I, I I enjoy the fact that this is um something that I I do myself with nobody's fucking help and I don't have anybody telling me any different We'll come back to your timeline in a minute, but why do we, why do you think we like the torture? Because everything about bodybuilding is fucking torture. Whether it be, whether it be your diet, whether it be like we talked about training legs, yeah. whether it be, you know, in the off season, you're trying to stuff yourself because you're trying to put on a certain amount of weight. Yeah. Everything about bodybuilding sucks, but for somehow we love it for some reason. I think it's because like perfect example, people like there's some people that like are military bound. And like, they love going, like they love, they want to go into the military. And, it, and then I'm like, man, like, I wouldn't want to go to boot camp and run. Fuck and that people, some people are just like passionate about running. Like they want to run. My buddy's like, oh yeah, I biked 50 miles this weekend. I'm like, how's that fun? <laughs> that sounds like fucking torture. <laughs> like I'd rather diet for 50 weeks than ride yeah. 50 miles on a bike. I know. <laughs> um, but I think part for, uh, let's be honest. A, I had self-conscious uh, issues growing up. I, I didn't, I was a short, stocky, chubby guy. Never like taking my shirt off. Never like going to the beach. So for me, do I enjoy looking better than the average person? Absolutely. Um, so there's actually, wait a minute. So there's actually a vain part of it for you. For me, yeah. I was, I was picked on. I was bullied. And I was, you know, I, I was called names. I was very short, very stocky. And like, I was like that stocky, pudgy Italian. Yeah, I, dude, I was very, you know, I never, yeah, man. Never you know what's weird? I've, I've never, this is going to sound really weird and people are probably not going to believe me the vain part of bodybuilding has never been a thing for like, I never like, I, I, that's because you're, could you, that means you're comfortable in your own skin. Some guys can take their shirt off like flex Lewis flex could take his shirt off any point throughout the entire fucking year with his six pack. And his no, no, I, I'm the opposite. I won't. And, no, so am I, I turn yeah. if, fucking, if I don't watch myself after a show, yeah. I look like a fucking soggy stuffed animal. Bro. I look disgust <laughs> like, and it's just my genetics. Like yeah. now, like I like, I mean, I still have like abs and shit, but like, 
my buddy's like, you want to go to the beach? I'm like, nope. <laughs> Why not? I'm like midway to dieting, brother. Let me call me. I'm not, not going to the beach. So yeah. I, that's so strange that you say like the vein that like, I never found. So, so, so for me, I never had a six pack growing up. So the first time I had a six pack, it was like See, the, the look of bodybuilding has made my life worse. Well, so, okay. So that's where I'm going. Okay. So, go ahead. Go, go, go ahead. Go so, ahead. so then, um, you get like, I looked a certain way and then I wanted to, you know, improve this and this and this and this. And I want, and then what happens is you put so much energy and so much focus and so much time into looking a certain way. <laughs> you literally beat the living shit out of your body. So by the time you look a certain way, you don't even give a shit yeah. anymore. Cause yeah. everything's fucking broken. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's I know just, you suffered some injuries, but I mean, fuck, I, man, my I, shot. I just, uh, it's it's really interesting that you said that. I wonder how many bodybuilders do it for the vain side of it, like looking, you know, thinking that they look great and looking good, and how many? Because I've I've actually gone the opposite way. Like the bigger I got, the more self conscious I got. Where when I started bodybuilding, I actually thought Too I small. was more I was more comfortable. Yeah, and I went through a period of like really heavy anxiety when I started to put on a lot of weight and that lasted till about five years ago when I finally got comfortable being 280 pounds, 290 pounds. So I wonder how many bodybuilders, like it's very strange when you think about it. Like why would you push yourself to something that's going to make you uncomfortable? Because that's what bodybuilding is all about being uncomfortable. Everything is uncomfortable, Yeah, you know? Um, And and that's the thing, like this off season, Chris was like, dude, you got to just eat. He was like, I don't care if you get fucking fat. He's like, I don't care if you look like shit. He's like, you just got to eat. And so what I was going to say, there is a vain part of it, mm. but the other part isn't really vain. It's what I think the misconception of what people have of us are. That is reality 365 days a year, because reality is we don't look like we do on stage 365 days a year. Yeah. We don't even look like that a couple weeks out of the year. Then, and, why, then why are you doing it then? What? Well, if part of it's vain, why, why are you doing it? If no, 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 hear me out. Because <laughs> okay. listen, I enjoy looking good. I yeah. enjoy looking good naked. Like I, I don't, I, I can't see somebody go, Oh, I, I bodybuild, but I don't give a shit how I look. Like you got to care a little bit of how you look. If you're, I care, I, I care a little bit, but so, but, but, so, so yeah. I care because I, I, I want to look good. I want to feel comfortable in my own skin. Like that's just me. I don't want to ever, feel uncomfortable being outside or having to go to the beach. Like I want to be in a place where I'm comfortable with me and I'm still not there. I haven't been. Um, But the other part is too, I think there's an expectation of what fans expect of us and what we need to look like. And I think if we don't look like that, like for me, like if I went to a beach off season, the whole time I'd be thinking, man, if somebody notices me, they're going to be like, this kid's a fucking pro body. Like that's the anxiety I give myself. Yeah, I know. I know. And that's what, that's why. And so I don't know if it's so much a vain thing, or so much of an expectation of what others think of me is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the, like perfect example. I was fucking cutting my grass. It's had to be a year and a half ago. I uh, was it last year. I don't know if I ha- I don't know if I was getting ready for a show or not. But I was cutting my grass, and I definitely didn't have a shirt on because I was like five weeks into prep, and I was looking like eh, whatever. And a guy stopped me mm-hmm. on my tractor. As I was driving my tractor towards the street to turn around to come back up, and go, yeah. he, 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 he had stopped his car, and I thought he was just pulled over. And as I got closer with my tractor, he gets out. I shut my tractor off, and he was like, are you guys, Sister Nino? And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. 
I was like, this has got to be fun. Don't lie. Don't lie. Part of you is like, that's pretty cool. It would have been cool if I had a shirt on because I felt like I, I was like, I was oh, embarrassed. You, you felt douchey because you're like, <laughs> yeah, I felt like embarrassed. I was like, Jesus Christ. You know, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I, no, ah, no. But I, I, I think the being bullied part played a bigger role in the vanity of I see. this for me. I think because I got picked on for how I looked. They had cankles. I was pudgy. I, I had like a thick chest. I got so for me and people like, oh, that was fucking years. Yeah. Well, what happens when you're younger stays with you for a while. Like I don't for I didn't forget any of that stuff. Yeah. So part of me is like, you know, like I that just like that that stage in my life. Like I don't want to ever have to be in that place where I know what I felt like when I was younger in my own skin. I don't want to feel like that again. Do you think things like that cause you to be, can trigger like someone to be an overachiever? Absolutely. Because you feel like you're always like, I had some things like that happen to me in my life. Right. I don't want to say I was bullied, but you know, I, I dealt with shit. Everybody deals with shit, but um, do you think things like that are constantly there when it happened to you when you're young and you worry about it coming back and that's why you might overachieve and do things the way you do? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think that things that happen when we're younger that affect us negatively, I think we do so much to prevent any aspect of that ever reoccurring or resur- resurfacing ever again that I think like now, right? Obviously there should be a point in my life now where like all the people that I was in high school with and grade school with, and we're all friends on Facebook. Everybody knows what I do. Everybody mm-hmm. knows if they picked on me or not. And they, you know, regardless of who I was then, Obviously, everybody sees, oh, guys, the pro bot. So I don't have anything to accomplish anymore. Yeah. Everybody knows what I've done yeah. that, that's in my life. Like, I have nothing to prove. Now it's like I want to prove to myself that I can maintain how I look and be comfortable in my own skin for the rest of my life. But is it – it's a new – like, for me, so for a while, it was like, okay, can I do this bodybuilding thing? I got to prove myself to the world, right? Because, you know, I got picked on or people talk shit or whatever. And then that overachiever thing kicks in. But I feel like now it's, it's still going to be there. I feel like it's almost going to be there my whole life. It's just translated from bodybuilding to business. Yes. You know what I mean? Now it's like, okay, how good can I make my supplement company? How good can I? So it's like, how do we get to a point where anything that may have happened to us is something we can eliminate or erase without trying to, because I feel like if me and you were talking about this right now, I feel like we're trying to erase it by achieving something. No, no, yeah. by achieving something. We're, no, we're like, talk, you're talking about achieving. Yeah, yeah, yeah like you're going you're gonna to be like, okay, I made a million dollars this year. That means I can wipe that slate clean, but it's not, it doesn't work that way. It's like no. nothing can ever wipe that slate clean or is there something people can do to get those things out of their head? I think people have to, I think the, 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 the great part about, um, about being human is how intricate the body is and the fact that um, things that happen to us that, um, negatively affect our lives, even if we try to forget about it, our subconscious is never going to let go of it. Uh, I think there's a reality in accepting things that have happened, learning from them, and trying your hardest to make that not happen again. And then there's people that kind of can't get out of their own way and have things happen to them, obviously, that are so bad, way worse than being bullied or way worse than things that me and you have had happen. So it's like, for me, being bullied isn't that big of a deal. If you look at other people in, in the grand scheme of things that have had bad things happen or that are no longer with us, you know, a lot of times when um, we allow our past 
to um, constantly interfere with our regular life. It becomes a, uh, a struggle with like battling demons, like almost like good versus bad constantly, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, cause I, there, we all have demons. We all battle them different fucking ways and we all have shit that nobody knows about them and this and that. And I got my own, I'm sure you got your own, but um, it's how we, uh, for me, the way I, I deal with my fucking demons and the way I deal with my anger, my aggression is in the gym. But do you feel like, okay, I, I don't want to like beat a point to death, but do you feel like there's a point where you should be able to look yourself in the fucking mirror and go, all right, man, it's enough. Like, yeah. I don't have to, because sometimes I beat myself up about it. I'm like, why am I still pushing so hard? Not that I, not like part of me enjoys like the challenge of becoming a better person, business person, whatever, bodybuilder, whatever you want to call it. But part of me is like, why is this other shit still there? I think I've done enough to like wipe that away. Liberate yourself of that shit. Yeah. And I, I just wonder like, why is it like, what do we have to do to just be able to look ourselves in the mirror and go, okay, man, look, like you kind of got there. You can just do things because you love it now, not for any other motive. Well, I think, I think if you, if you just do things because you got there, I think the motivation wouldn't be as high. And I, Kevin Hart put out something, I think it was today or yesterday. And I, I was, I was listening to it and he talked about, it, it was actually a pretty cool analogy and comparison. He compared life to being a, almost like a video game mm -hmm. and uh, trying, he was like, why shouldn't I give my all? to accomplish whatever I want every single day. He was like, because I'm here for a certain amount of time and the goal should be do as much as you can with the time given and try to be successful. And so I think that the things that happened to us in our past do create parts of who we are now. And like you, like me, like a lot of other successful people, those past tense things that have happened, um, I think we like a lot of that stuff from my past. I pushed aside and I do that. I do think I, I am successful. I do think I, I accomplished a lot. I do think I made it, but then I look around, I'm like, man, like I'm not, I, I, I kind of look, I'm like, I'm not where Jay is. Okay. I'm not where this is. Like I want to, I want to be that. Why? Because yeah, this is great. But I like, I just, maybe it's, maybe I'm being greedy, but I'm like, man, like I want more, there's more out of life. Like I, I have this, this is good for now, but like, good for now would just mean I'm staying here. I don't want to stay here. I want to, I want to do this as much as I can until there's no more climbing yeah. to do. But the great part about it is there's always going to be climbing to do. No. And my, and my philosophy is the same as yours. I don't ever want to just be content. Yeah. But, but I guess when, the point I'm trying to lose the point I'm trying to make though, is I want to be, I want that challenge without the negative shit. I don't want the subconscious shit to come with it. I, I just want to do it because I want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I have to start waking up, like you said, and they got to like, you know, they got to practice looking herself in the mirror and be like, dude, I'm, I'm here because I fucking, I, you know, I did what I did. I don't, <laughs> hey, they're like, you, I, storm, stop. They don't have to, I, people have to start waking up every day and understanding that they're here for a reason and they have nothing, they don't have anything to prove to anybody. Mm -hmm. You don't live your life to prove anything to anybody. My goals are important to me, they're not important to you. Yeah. This one's goals are important to them, not important to me. Yeah. It's like people have to start living their lives and, and waking up every day and being confident about who they are. And if they're not confident, they have to do things in order to build that confidence on a day-to-day -day basis because confidence is what um, builds a person's character. 
you don't have confidence, you know. Sorry, go ahead. If you don't have confidence, you're you're like you're just gonna you're you're gonna crumble like sheetrock. I'm glad you said that because um, I was I always like to touch on the fact that bodybuilding has made me a completely different person. Like if you talk to me when I was 20, 25, 30, 35, every person is different. Absolutely. And uh, now I'm 41 and I kind of owe it all to bodybuilding. Like, I don't know how you feel, but how have you changed as a person or as a, like your self-confidence, your, your self-esteem or just the way you behave? How much has that changed and has it become, is it because of bodybuilding or is it just because you grew up? Um, I'm going to say a combination of both. I think maturity comes with uh, every year that passes. And I also think that bodybuilding has given me not just traveling around the world and seeing a lot of stuff and, and seeing a lot of third world countries and just seeing a lot of different cultures. But I think bodybuilding, what's given me is a career path um, that A, I enjoy, B, that I live very comfortably with and C, I can do a lot and give back a lot more than most people. Mm -hmm. Um I took, I've been taking all my food to local hospitals, dropping it off. Um, I did something for Luke, which actually reminds me, I have the, I have stuff sitting right here. I got to donate to his uh, GoFundMe account because I sold a bunch of clothes and I, I did like a huge percentage that I'm donating to his GoFundMe. Um, it's just, I'm able to, and like a lot of my friends, you know, I have a lot of friends that, um, especially now that are hurting and they need food or like clothes. And it's just like, I, I have bags of clothes that I'm most, I don't even really donate to, uh, um, charity. Most of my friends take it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's like, you know, and then plus you have like connections with like my sponsors, like MFIT and like Gasp. And it's like, anytime I get like free stuff, I'm usually giving it to my friends because I want them to um, enjoy kind of the perks of, of things that they might have that I have. But uh, let, me, let me interrupt you for a second. I'm talking about guys personality. Like, the guy you are today. So people respect you. Oh, oh my personality. Okay, so listen, yeah. so listen, so listen, people respect you pretty greatly online. You come online. I mean, some people tell you to go fuck yourself, but that happens to everybody. You come online, you say something, people listen, you know, yeah. you, you do a lot of rants, you do a lot of opinion and stuff. People generally listen. Most people agree with you or if they don't, they have a constructive dialogue with you. They're not assholes. So obviously people respect what you have to say and you've, you, you've developed uh, as a man in the bodybuilding world. So I guess what I'm trying to say is through all of the trials and tribulations in bodybuilding, like losses or, or injuries or sicknesses or just doing it year in, year out, has that, because I feel like it's, it's accelerated my growth. Like I yeah. think obviously I would have grown up anyway from 25 to 40. You're going to obviously mature, right? Yeah. But I feel like because of the shit that we put ourselves through, it's kind of like a forced torture, right? Like we, we put ourselves in yeah. the shit. And I feel like when you do that. Self-induced torture, absolutely. Yeah, you, I feel like I've grown up more because of competing and because of forcing myself to do hard shit yeah. than had I, that had I just worked in an office somewhere and not done anything. Yeah, so I, I, I will agree with you 110%. I don't think, um, I don't, my, my attitude of who I was then to who I am now, um, it's funny back when I was just an amateur bodybuilder, I thought I was a lot more important than I was than I am now. Um, I think when I was younger, I didn't understand um, what being humble really meant. And I feel like that bodybuilding humbled me for many reasons. A it humbled me because it showed me you can work extremely hard, not cheat, do everything perfectly 
and still lose. Yeah. It showed me you can do things 100% and win. It showed me that you can do things half-ass and get half-ass results. And, you know, people want to think that we're just bodybuilders. I'll tell you this. Bodybuilding gave me um, – helped give me confidence. It gave me a physique that I enjoyed. It gave me a, a, a friends that I never met. It gave me a business sense that I never had before. Bodybuilding is the reason why I'm, I'm good at business now and yeah. why I'm able to run – because of bodybuilding. Like, um, bodybuilding for me changed who I was in so many positive ways for me. Now, are there negatives that come with it? Yeah. Relationships are very hard to keep. Um, if you travel a lot, if you do things, there's a lot of, there's negatives that come with everything. Yeah. Balancing yeah. it is the way um, that you have to kind of figure it out. I've, I've burned through so many good relationships mm -hmm. um, just because that I'm so focused on other things in my life and yeah. business bodybuilding. And it's like, I don't want to stop why I'm, why the, the tank is still full. But in defense of bodybuilding, you're one of the best in the world at bodybuilding. So if I was one of the best in the world at anything, whether I was like a chef or whether I was a salesperson or whether I was a owner of a business, you're probably going to burn through the same amount of relationships because if you're the best in the world at something, most likely you're neglecting other things in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so it's not, I don't, I just want to make sure we don't, people don't watch this and go, Oh, bodybuilding's, you know, no, because no, no. people, because people have a lot of connection to us. So they don't realize what best in the world means. Yeah. Like you're, you're one of the top five, top 10 best in the world. So imagine if you're the best in the world at business, that's like, that means you're traveling all over the place. That means you're never home. Like that no means, yeah. So you are going to go through the same issues of having issues with relationships and neglecting all these other things. So that's anyway. the hardest part of, that's the hardest part of the of bodybuilding. The hardest part of bodybuilding isn't bodybuilding. The hardest part of bodybuilding is living a normal life outside yeah. of the, 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 the social norm that we have, which is gym stage eating and sleeping. Yeah. Um, my everyday life. And I, I, I did a rant on it. And I actually said that the hardest thing for me is going to like, for some reason, getting out of bed every morning, my back hurts walking upstairs. My knees hurt a uh, fucking bending over to tie my shoes sucks. Yeah. I, I pick up everything like a, like a golfer's pickup, but somehow I can go into the gym and squat 500 pounds. But I get out of bed in the morning and I have trouble walking to the fucking sink. It I like doesn't <laughs> So the hardest part of bodybuilding for bodybuilders it is your day-to-day -day life because you have to, because bodybuilding is a lifestyle. So you have to incorporate a lifestyle into your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Very hard to do. I, uh, I want to touch on business. I want to touch on, I, it's been a, an hour. I don't want to keep you too long, but there's a few more things I want to touch on because you're, you have a lot going on. So I want to touch on business and then I, I still want to get back to your timeline. Um, let's go to your timeline first. I read something that was curious to me because You've had a lot of wins and I read on your Instagram that your Niagara Falls win was your most emotional. Yes. Or is it just your most emotional or is it your best win? Like explain to me why yeah. you said that. It was my most emotional because I went through getting horrible burns back in 2017. Um, and then after that, I ended up getting double shoulder surgery. And can, you, can you explain that to people who don't know? What was the, 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 burn, the burns about? The burns were, it was, called, it, was, it was called a fixed drug eruption. And then it was mixed with a phototoxic reaction. So basically what I did was I have very bad allergies to a lot of medications. Mm -hmm. Like I'm allergic to amoxicillin, penicillin, Keflex, codeine. Like the list just goes on. Yeah. There's a lot of shit I can't take. And I was taking, I don't know if it was a diuretic 
or I think I was actually sick yeah. um, before New York Pro in 2017. I th- and I was either on an antibiotic or I was on a diuretic. And I don't remember which one it was, uh, but I was one of the two. And I went into the tanning bed and I tanned like I do every fucking show a couple times a week. And I tanned up until like Tuesday before the show. And I remember I trained back, went tanning. I came home and I, I was just like felt hot. Like when I, you tan, like my shirt was sticking to me. I was like, sw- I just didn't feel good. Yeah. Went to bed, woke up middle of the night and I had like rashes on me. And I'm like, fuck. Took some Benadryl, went back to bed, woke up. And I had, it looked like, so it looked like somebody tied me up and just slapped me, slapped the shit out. I was just red welts all over me. So is this, um, is this it here? Uh, so yeah. So the top left or yeah. So that was when I got home from the emergency from the hospital after being in that's okay this photo right here is from when i went to the er in new york and came back the, I, that's how i looked when i competed that's Jesus. all i had all that on me you could even see on my neck yeah 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 uh, it's right here like the front part of my neck yeah yeah in so here, that yeah. was and then if you see the, the first one you clicked on how it started to peel yeah this yeah yep so if you click on, yeah, that one, right? Yep. So that, you can see how waterlogged that was. That was when, that was after five days in the hospital. You can even see like my love handles are all fat. So it actually started to crust almost like a sunburn yeah, and yeah. peel. Um, crazy. It's crazy. It was insane. It was, the, it was awful pain. It was just, um, so that, that sucked. And then I got double shoulder surgery uh, because I had, my bicep tendons were about to fucking come off. So uh, I got this one done, and then five weeks later, I got this one done. And then getting ready for Chicago, you know, this, uh, this past year, shows Chicago, Tampa, we kept missing the mark. I got sick in Chicago. We didn't use any diuretics for Tampa. Went to Romania. Um, we tried different diuretic. That didn't work. Went to California, tried no diuretics and using alcohol and coffee. That didn't work. And then went to Niagara Falls, and we just, like, we did something that we've never done before. And I came and the reason why it was so memorable for me is because I competed in, in Niagara Falls and Romania with guys that had beaten me and three, I think three out of 10 guys that were in Niagara Falls just beat me six days ago yeah, in yeah. Fucking California. So yeah. for me, it was like, I could tell, I could, I could, I got the sense that people were starting to write me off yeah. at just missing the mark. And obviously everybody says, oh, I look better. I have pictures. And I was like, man, if I can just keep the way this look on show day, like I'm good. Like nobody's like, the, I know guys that can beat it, but I know the guys that can't. And uh, I won and I was just like, fuck man. Like all this fucking negativity, like all the bashing, all the, I just need to retire. All the, he'll never come back from this. He'll never be good again. It's just like, it was like, for me, it was like the most validating victory in my life because i was like the one thing that i don't care what anybody ever says about me in life good bodybuilder great bodybuilder awful bodybuilder i don't give a fuck but if somebody can go that kid is one of the hardest working motherfuckers i've ever seen that's all i care about yeah that's that's what what i want to leave behind i've had shows i kind of know what you mean about the like eruption of emotion or or the just the overwhelming feeling of emotion in that time so I've had shows where I've finished prejudging and, and, you know, you, you know, when your prejudging has gone well, you know, if you're going to win, you know, if you're going to place well, you know, if you suck balls, you know, right. I've had prejudgings where I've left and gone to the hotel and just busted out crying. Like 
like one of those cries where I'm like, I got to up my dose of Arimidex, man. I'm fucking, I can't like, I can't control, I can't, I can't control myself right now. But it's like this, cause you hear these things, like people don't realize, like, you know, you're posting photos of yourself and you, like you said, you hear these things like, oh, he should retire. Oh, he's getting too old. Oh, he's, you know, this or that or blah, blah, blah. And you kindly finally get somewhere. And so I understand, I guess what I'm saying is I understand your, why now why you're saying that it's kind of nice to be able to yes not prove everybody wrong but prove to yourself that you still yeah. got it yeah that's what i don't i didn't care about my like obviously i care about my fans but i didn't care about what the, the negativity fans thought, what they hate. Yeah. i i just cared about like this it was like this one's for me like this yeah. one is for me not for anybody else like this is my defining fucking yeah. moment like this is what like for me this is what bodybuilding and overcoming adversity like this is the shit that it's about yeah. Like this kind of shit, you know, that is what I was talking about when I was talking about growing as a person. Yeah. Like that, when you, when you go through the timeline, you just talked about with the burns and the surgery and then winning. Yeah. So what is that timeline? Like a year, year and a half, two years. I got, so the burns were in May 17. of 17. Yeah. And then uh, May, that, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, and then June of 18 was my right shoulder. July of 18 was my left. And then I competed my first show in uh, June. So it's like two years, two and a half years tops. So what what I'm trying to say is the average person in two and a half years would not grow as much as you grew as a person in those two and a half years going through all that shit. Oh, dude, the hardest part, bro, honestly – it was two hardest parts. One, realizing how much of my friends lied to me. And two, <laughs> what does that wait? What does that mean? So I, 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 when I got my shoulder surgery, I was about 237, 238. Um, and I ended up weighing like 193. Yeah. Like it was all said and done. Yeah. But I was doing cardio every day, running absolutely nothing, like eating maybe two, three times a day. Cause I'm not working out. Like there was no point to fucking do all that shit. Yeah. And, uh, I'd be at shows and like my, even my girlfriend at the time, I was like, man, I feel like, like, I don't even want to like fucking wear a t-shirt. No, you look all right. You just look like healthy and lean and like, no, you don't look bad. And then the, one of the last appearances I did, I was with Jay and Cutler is a fucking huge ball buster. Um, and he was like, yo bro, what do you weigh? Like 160? And I was like, (laughs) you know, after all this bodybuilding, you're only going to weigh like 180 pounds. Right. He was like, it's not big. Like you're just busting my balls. So then fine. And then I had to like do all the, I, I was doing appearances all over the place. I was in Dallas. I was in uh, um, stuff for gas. Uh, and then all of a sudden after my shoulder surgery happened and I gained weight back and then I started seeing the friends that I saw after yeah. surgery and all my friends started going to, Oh dude, you look so much better. We didn't want to tell you. You looked fucking like drug shit. I was like, did I look that bad? They're like, oh my God. You look like you were dying. I was like, you guys said I was fine. They're like, yeah, we want to tell you. You're all a bunch of scumbags. You know that? Yeah. You know? I, I've had the same like, I never same thought shit. my friends would just feed me bullshit. Yeah. My, and they're like, oh, you look fine. You look fine. You're fine. My go-to is my wife. She fucking, she's like, I, I, dude, I posted, I sent her, a, not sent her. I showed her a photo like two months ago. I was like, what do you think? I'm like, my legs look pretty good, right? She's like, oh, it's not there anymore. She's like, I'm like, she's like, you need to work a little harder. I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, your legs look like they're like half the size. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, it's just savage honesty. Just, so, yeah, that's what, that's, that's what you need, though, right? So, 
Um, what, uh, what you've been divorced, right? Yes. How many times? Once me and my ex-wife were very, we're very, we, we talk, um, all the time. Me and her husband are actually very, uh, good, good buddies. We fish together. We hang out and people think it's weird. Um, Bethany Wagner was, uh, she's a fitness pro did a, won a lot of, uh, crazy shows and shit. And uh, I just got married too young, man. You know, she, she was a, a good, she was a good, good girl. Um, very sweet, very loyal. It just, I was 28 when I got married, man. And it was just like 28 was when I got married and like the bodybuilding career kind of started taking off. And, um, it was just like one thing after another and just, we didn't have enough, uh, I, there, there wasn't, wasn't enough time in the day for her career. Cause she was, she's a teacher and yeah. she competed. So there wasn't enough time in the day for like us to really have time together and like do it. And then I, I was traveling and it was just, it was just a lot of time that we didn't do anything, you know? Um, You've had a lot of relationships in bodybuilding, true or no? No, not true. I've had a lot of relationships, but yeah. in bodybuilding, I've only had, can you get down, mama? Get down. You're, that's sorry. a beautiful, it's a beautiful dog, by the way, man. It's an awesome color. Yeah, 97 pound lap dog though. She's heavy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I date, I, I, I don't, uh, Bethany Wagner and I, um, I dated another girl. Uh, a bikini pro for about three years, India. What do you Only. think? Do you have any advice for people? Because I know this is, see, I feel like I'm lucky because my wife is involved in the industry, but doesn't like, she's not yeah. a competitor, right? So she understands yeah. what I'm doing, but I don't have to compete with her for time. Yeah. So if you had to give anybody uh, advice for couples that do both compete, is there anything you could give them that would help them along their way? Yeah, respect their career choices and respect um what their current work situation is and understand that it's not going to be like that forever and that some things come in waves meaning like i was very selfish when i was married because my wife at the time she woke up before me went to school because she was a teacher she taught all day went and she coached gymnastics went from right from gymnastics right to the gym right to the gym right back home ate showered to bed i never saw her Mm. And I started getting aggravated because I'm like, I don't, I, I didn't get married to not see the person I'm with. Yeah. So then resentment started and uh, then it, I be started to become selfish because I, I it was, it was all about me. I wanted my time. I wanted you here. I wanted you, but I never thought that her students and teaching is what she loves and yeah. coaching gymnastics is a passion of hers because she loves the girls and she loves gymnastics and fitness is something she does just for herself because she does, she gives her time to so many other things. So I, I took it as a disrespect to me, mm -hmm. but now at 38 years old, I'm like, man, I'm like, she was one of the hardest working girls I've ever been with. Like, you know, like I, I should have never made her feel bad for working hard. So, right. and I think the people that are in a relationship that are competing, their um, significant other have to understand that, 16 weeks out or whenever they start dieting from a show, they have to understand like that's going to be 16 weeks of that person's going to give more time to themselves and nobody else. And you have to kind of, I would at least lay, lay the groundwork and the foundation down in the beginning of relationship. Listen, this is, and this is what my last relationship, this is what I did. This is who I am. This is what I do. I travel a lot. I, I, I'm still friends with, I'm so close with, um, with my ex. Uh, I still, um, 
I, tra uh, I travel, I compete, I diet, I get moody, I get quiet, I do that. So it's like I kind of lay the groundwork because I don't want them ever to be surprised about something mm -hmm. that I do. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Well, you, you did know it because I told you from Jump Street what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's very important. Finding balance, finding understanding, and having respect for what the person's career is, um, is very important. But as the bodybuilder too, you can't be selfish and be like, well, I'm dieting. I'm not going to go out with you or I'm dieting. I can't go out to eat. You can, you can, the act of physically going, you can do the act yeah. of maybe physically eating the food you can't do because you're dieting, but you can still, I've been on dates and brought my food with me. I bring the movie theaters and brought my food. I've been to fucking funerals and brought my food with me. Like you, yeah. It, yeah. the act of going somewhere in a relationship is easy. You just got to pack your food like mm -hmm. that. If you're, if you're dieting. So do you think, how old are you now guy? Uh, I turned 38 uh, in March. Do you think it'll be easier to balance life in a relationship when you're not, when you're retired? It depends what my, what the other one's doing. <laughs> What's that? What does that mean? <laughs> it's like if, if I'm dating someone that's still competing, you know, it's like, I think that's going to be like a different. Do you want, is that what you like? Do you, do you want somebody who trains and works out and competes and all that shit? Um, ideally, I would like somebody who works out. Uh, keeps themselves in shape or they don't even have to work out. If they don't like working out and they just fucking they're in shape, that's fine. I, the industry thing, it's like a catch 22 because I, I've dated girls in the industry that didn't work out. I mm. dated girls outside the industry that didn't work out. Maybe I'll try men. <laughs> Who knows? At this point, there's at this point um, I've tried both sides. So people always go, what do you prefer? It's nice to have the person actually work out because yeah. then you can like go to the gym together and like at least drive there together um, if that's not it, I've dated girls that never worked out a day in their life. I don't mm. fucking really care. Um, but if you're going to walk around looking like a fucking slob, then I'm not, you know. Then Yeah, I, I can agree. So if you guys are listening, guys single and looking for for a man or a woman. So, or both. Or, 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 or transgender. I'll, take any, I'll try anything. I'm up for options. <laughs> All right, last thing. And I want to, this is actually very important because I think there's a lot of guys, young and older, because I see older guys that aren't doing shit. Uh, how did you become so successful? And I know that's a very broad question, but where did it start? What triggered you to start? A lot of people are fucking off and on, including myself. When I started putting up the t-shirt thing, I was very inconsistent with it until like the last couple of years. How do you, I want to be able to teach these guys that are 25 that are coming up how to navigate business and bodybuilding. Because I don't think a lot of them are doing a great job of it. There's some. Yeah, I think the problem is the people that don't do a good job of it are the people that are afraid to start doing things. Mm. Uh, because the problem is you have people have to understand, especially in this industry, you 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 have to fail many times to start to to find your 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 lane yeah. to stay in. Um, like clothing, for example, I you have to do research. You have to talk to people. I knew that for the first couple of years when I got T-shirts in and I spent thousands of dollars. I knew I was going to be giving at least 50% away. Yeah. I knew my family was going to want shirts. Close friends were going to want shirts. But you have, I, everybody's like, oh, well, you're not charging. Like you should. And I'm like, no, because for, for me, it's advertising. Yeah. Right. And I'm paying for it. I'm not, and I'm not making a lot of money on it. And now I have old, then now I have write-offs. So now is it really a waste of money? Because now all the money that I just spent, I'm writing off at the end of the year. So mm -hmm. um, I feel like people in this industry it, people say it's very overly saturated, but there's so many avenue, avenues that you can monetize in bodybuilding. The problem is I think people are, are very afraid to start 
taking something that is a thought and making it a reality. Mm-hmm. Like my clothing was a reality, but it, you know, it took time and I had to do research and I had to look at clothing and brands and get samples and could contact Jerry Beck and brainstorm ideas and then quotes and then listing things down in colorways. So it's very time consuming. But once you get the hang of your niche, it becomes very easy. And the other thing for up and coming guys, businessmen, social media, bodybuilding, it's don't put on an act just because the camera's rolling. Be who you are when the camera's off. Be that same person when the camera's on. And in that same analogy, don't just train hard when the camera's rolling. Because when the camera's not rolling, those sets in between the the camera off and the camera on are just as important as a set you're fucking filming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Those are my big things. Do you think, um, I want to say consistency is probably the biggest thing. Because I think part of the problem that I'm seeing is a lot of guys will start and they won't get a lot of traction. So they'll just quit. And, yeah. I, and, I'm, and I'm guilty of that. I did, I did that when I was younger, but only to a certain extent. I didn't quit altogether. I think some of these guys just give up and they don't want to do it anymore. So how did you go through a period where, you know, things weren't selling or things were selling very slowly and you just kind of had to keep pushing through? Yeah. I, there's, there, there's even times now, like I just put in a $6,000 clothing order, which is, which is all, the, all the clothes behind me that I just got. Yeah. Um, and I put that in literally – right before Corona happened and I, but, uh, and I, I, I paid for it all and whatever. And I've been, haven't really been pushing it and not pushing it because I, I'm afraid to, um, like the reason why I'm not pushing it now is because I don't feel at it's appropriate time to push people to buy clothing mm-hmm. when the unemployment rate is almost at 50%. Yeah. Um, but you have to, you just have to understand, um, your, your niche, what your people like, like, I know people will buy my clothing because they like the material. They like the quotes. They like the styles. Cause I don't just buy rent. Now those people might buy anything from Jay Cutler, Phil Heath, Sean yeah. Roden, Brandon Curry. Cause that's Mr. Olympia. Yeah. It doesn't matter the materials they use or the colors or the prints because they just want to have it because it has their name on it. That's right. Yeah. My sister Nino doesn't have, isn't Mr. Olympia. doesn't have millions of followers. So I have to kind of take a different Avenue and maybe change the design or get a little higher end of a shirt or have it feel a different way or get a burnout tee or try something out of the box that those guys don't do because you have a $5 t-shirt is, is cool and it's cheap and you can give them away and not really care. But then if I spend $10 on a t-shirt and put a camo color and put it in a bag, it, it just, it's, you have to kind of, you have to figure out your business model and stick to it because your business model at first is just that it's a model. So you might have to add to it. You might have to take things off, but don't change your entire, entire model because if you keep changing your business model, it's you're, you're never going to have definitive data as to what works and what doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, as far as hobbies go, I noticed that you're uh, an archer and you're actually pretty good. (laughs) Well, dude, I want to get into that. I want to get into that shit so badly. (laughs) I got my deer targets outside. I got, I, got, I got a huge 500 pound gun safe with ammo and guns in it. Jesus Christ. So how, how much shit do you take for hunting? Like out with me? No, no, no. How much shit? And I love the way you guys oh, hunt. Oh, shit, like people. Yeah, how much society like shit do you take for hunting? Oh, dude. I, I, if I, I posted once that I was in Texas and I, I shot a deer and I posted a picture of it. And so, so this, is, this is me. This is how I do it. So... I posted a picture and people were ripping into me. Meanwhile, I actually clicked on people's profiles 
and some people were actually posting like food pictures. Hey, stop it. Um, they were posting food pictures of actual like uh, hamburgers. Yeah. And I was like, and the guy actually commented back. He commented back. Um, hey, stop. Go lay down. Um, he commented back, well, at least I paid for my food. I go, I paid $200 for a fucking license, you idiot. Like, what does what, what does paying have to do with it? I, I, he made it seem like he was more of a, he was more humane because he paid for the food and didn't kill it. Why the like, fuck? How does how does that make any fucking dude, sense? I don't even know. So I, I got ripped apart. So what I did was that night after I posted that picture, we skinned the deer outside because we cut it, we quarter it, we, we wrap it, and uh, I was with my brother, my dad, and a couple other buddies down in Texas. So I told my brother to come outside, and we put uh, we connected uh, one of the phones to Bluetooth. And I put the Rocky soundtrack on and I took my shirt off and I just, I saw my, if you know, you didn't. <laughs> and I started punching the fucking deer with the Rocky set for like two minutes straight. And I was like, I, I go, not only do I eat my meat, I beat my meat. And then I posted that. Oh my God, man. You don't give a fuck. I don't because so, I don't. Well, this is the thing. I think what you guys do is awesome because I've talked to branch about it. And I know, you know, you guys hunt and you, take full advantage of all the meat you're not just hunting for sport no like i was just in the stream the other day i caught a couple of trout cut their heads off clean them put them in the freezer i'll go a couple more times stock up on trout and then fuck throw them on the grill do you think you don't you don't do any sport hunting do you like just for sport do you think sport well, actually i should rephrase that i'm sorry i don't want to put my own bias on it well trophy hunting is what it's called do you think trophy okay if that's what it's called do you think or, trophy or, or, hunting trophy hunting is, is is you're strictly going out just to get a big rack a big this a big like yeah yeah um i'm not i'm not like guys that go out and just kill a lion because they want to say they killed a lion or a yeah. cheater no i think those guys are assholes so when you hunt you're hunting for like you're I'm hunting for like I have, a, I, have a, I have a freezer in my garage like if i'm hunting yeah. I'm hunting to fill that freezer full of deer meat. Yeah, I think that's amazing because Brian told me, or uh, Branch told me that Brian, the owner of Metroflex, Dobson, yeah, said they would go out hunting and then Brian would go out every Sunday and give away like portions so, of meat to. So, the, what, so what they do is they do a lot of, you know how Branch talks about doing the boar hunting? Yeah. So what they do, especially when they hunt for boar, they yeah. donate all that meat to the churches. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So in that case, I, I totally agree with hunting, especially if you're keeping all the meat and eating everything. And oh, all yeah, that, I mean, so. when people are like, I can't believe, I'm like, what's the difference if I kill the deer with one single shot and you guys are eating cows that are, gonna, they're, that are getting slaughtered at a fucking slaughterhouse and you're, you're pointing the finger at me that I'm the asshole? Yeah, yeah. What's more humane, putting a bullet in a deer and actually hunting for it or, I think, or hanging it upside down and cutting its fucking throat? Like, I think people don't, um, they don't see the, the burger being killed. That's why they don't care. They don't no, connect I, it. They don't connect it or they don't want to connect it. Whereas when I, you do it, they can actually see what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I have people tell me that I'm not an animal lover. I'm like, really? Like I would fucking kill someone. If somebody came to my house that, and, and like kicked my dog, yeah. my gun would be loaded. Or, like, I, I, that's how like I am. So like, and I, I hit a deer uh, not too long ago. Like, um, driving home because I live in a very highly populated deer area and I clipped the deer. I, bol- I broke its back legs and I call my buddy who's a cop. I'm like, dude, you got to come shoot this deer. And it was like, people think that because I hunt, like me hitting the deer, like I've hit, I've hit a couple deer, broken legs and you got to call the cops and they come and they shoot the deer. And it's like, as much as I'm, I'm a hunter, like I don't want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't want to see that. Like that yeah. kill, like that makes me not want to do what I do because it's like, it, like I hunt for the meat. I don't want to 
break a deer's leg, have it sit there and suffer, walk up to it with a gun. And like, that's not okay with me. Yeah, yeah you well, you're, hunt, you're hunting for sustenance. It's different. Yes. So yeah. when people, but people look at it completely different. You know, people will throw every single reason as to why I shouldn't hunt. But the fact is, drive up and down my fucking main highway here, there's fucking 10 deer every day that are hit by cars. Yeah, It's yeah. population control. People says that population control is bullshit. It's not. We would how, be overpopulated by deer if we didn't hunt them. How long have you been hunting? Probably I was like, dude, I started pheasant hunting with my dad when I was like, like five, I was shooting a gun, bro. Really, eh? That's fucking awesome. It's something I'm, I'm jealous about. Me and Paul, you know, Paul, my training. I don't know if you know Paul, my training partner. Yeah, I see, yeah. Some of my videos. He's like, we should go hunting. I'm like, me and you don't know how to do shit. We're gonna dude, sit. Dude. We're gonna sit in a bush somewhere for like two hours and not get and just no, go. Dude, bush, bro, you sit like fucking twenty feet up in a tree stand. Yeah, I don't I fuck it. Do it. I'm just saying we don't know shit. I'm like, we can't. We're not gonna. Listen, you ever want to come hunting? You fly. I got three extra bedrooms. You come. Me, you, and my dad will go out and we'll just hunt all day. I th- I'd like to actually. That sounds like fun, dude. Yeah. Uh, my was, turkey season just got done. My dad was turkey hunting every day. Really? Every day. Um, listen, so it's been like an hour and a half. I have like we didn't touch on any of the like the X's and O's as far as like training, diet, nutrition. Want to rapid fire? Rapid fire? Just questions, and I'll answer in a sentence or less. Well, I was going to ask you to come on again, but we can do that oh, if you want. No, no, no. I'll come on again. Shit. I, I it's funny because I did a podcast yesterday with Dusty. Yeah. And he was like, who had said he's got you tomorrow? He was like, and then they said they had no questions written down. They did no research, no this. And we did, went over 90 minutes like that. Yeah. I don't ever, I don't ever write anything down. I think that's the best. I don't either. When I do well, my the best. That's why people say, oh, I like your, I like your interview. I, I almost get a little offended because I'm like, it's not really an interview. I'm just having a conversation. It's like no different than me and you were talking on the phone. Yeah. That's how I want it to be though. Cause I want people to get to know you. And if I have a bunch of scripted questions, it's yeah. not going to seem natural, right? So, so you did their podcast yesterday? Yeah. I didn't fucking know that. I wouldn't have done this with you. Who cares? <laughs> you asked me, me and you, the great part about it is me yeah. and you touched on topics that they didn't even ask me or talk they about. Probably, they're more bodybuilding based. They probably asked yeah. you a lot of X's yes. and O's stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. They asked me some questions, but like the 90 minutes with them and the 90 minutes with you is great because it shows how you talk to two different people. Yeah. And now the conversations are two completely different. I don't like to do a lot of X's and O's stuff. And I think some viewers get annoyed by that because they want to hear like, how many carbs does guy eat? And what kind of, how much testosterone does he take? And like, I think people are so tired of that. No, no, but it, this is what I thought. And that's why I thought if I have guys on like you or whoever, just let people get to know them. Because nobody really knows who we are. Yeah. Except they, for like, they, except- they know what people know us by what we allow them to see. That's right. And I think when you get somebody on a podcast, and you're talking for an hour or two, little things come out that people didn't know. Of course. And uh, that was my objective. But then people are like, when I have, like I had Patrick Tour on last week and people were like, this is amazing. I, I, I filled a notebook with notes about protein and carbs. And so yeah. I, I guess some people do want to know what you're eating and what you're, I mean, you, you know. got to remember most people follow us in the beginning because we're bodybuilders. Yeah. So that's kind of our, our, you know, uh, meat meat and potatoes of yeah 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 well i'll have you on again and we'll go over like a lot more x's and o's and how you got to where you are physically and why you destroyed everybody on stage a whole bunch of times and all that shit i've been destroyed a bunch of times too so (laughs) (laughs) uh okay guy i'll uh we'll catch up with you again man we'll we'll set something up awesome guys i appreciate you having me thanks for what man is there anything actually i always allow everybody 
and you've said a lot, so I don't know, like we got pretty deep into some stuff, but is there anything you want to say or anybody you want to thank or anything you want to plug or any message you want to promote before I let you go? I mean, I just, uh, I mean, obviously my sponsors are, are great to me. MFit Gasp, Atomics, uh, Megafit Meals, um, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, people that, that don't know me, I mean, obviously you guys know my social media, it's just Guy Cicernino, uh, website's GuyCicernino.com. But I mean, obviously, man, I, I just, you know, I, we didn't really touch on it. I don't really want to talk about it, but, um, you know, at, my, my, my view of a lot of things changed after Luke passed. And I've seen a lot of this mental, um, mental health stuff really starting to surface a lot more. I don't know if it's because I'm more attentive to it or the fact that Luke was one of my good buddies and now I'm just paying more attention to it. But I'm seeing, especially now with the quarantine, um, a lot of people having like some, uh, some barriers that are, are being broken down and, and people um, acting, uh, you know, a little more out of character lately. So um, the one thing I, I just hope people understand is that, um, you know, everybody has their own demons and their own um, issues. And, you know, uh, we as a bodybuilding team um, and a community, we're all here. And I have people reach out to me every day, um, asking me questions, telling me that they're depressed. And I urge everybody, if you got nobody to talk to, reach out to anybody. Reach out to me. Reach out to your favorite. <clears throat> reach reach out to, uh, your, your favorite, um, your, your, your favorite bodybuilder, your somebody, because I, I feel like that, um, especially recently with all the, the posts I've been seeing about, um, deaths in the industry, I, I, and, and, you know, from people taking their lives just because of, of situations or maybe just quarantine or just losing their mind or just demons that they just sit in their house and think about. I, I just encourage everybody to understand that, um, you know, a, the world is going to be like this forever. B, um, I don't think anything is ever that bad um, in life to where um, not being here anymore is an option. And I encourage everybody who thinks um, that they don't have somebody to reach out to anybody they can. Um, and I'll throw myself in the mix and say, if anybody's having a, a rough time, I mean, I get messages every day and I respond to every single one of them. So it's not a, you're not weak if you reach out for help type kind of thing. You know, like I, I've, I've called certain people in times that I needed encouragement or needed a word or we're having some nasty fucking thoughts so um I, I think everybody needs to understand that we're all human we all have nasty thoughts we all have emotions and if we don't know how to um understand those emotions or deal with them do we need to reach out to somebody and, and talk because talking sometimes is the best medicine yeah i think it's a great message i'm not gonna i'm not gonna add anything to it it was perfect and um yeah i think it's important that it need to be said so yeah, absolutely Okay, uh, Guy, on that point, we will touch base again and do more Absolutely. of some, the nuts and bolts of shit for people. But until, <laughs> then, until then, I hope you keep training hard, man. Keep posting good shit. All right, boy, I love you, buddy. I appreciate your time, man. Okay, buddy. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. You got Bye -bye. it. Take care.